you know, excessive dong. Well, there's <laughs> there's a lot of dong, but it's well used. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 85 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is... Lord Horstglees! <laughs> I slowed it down just a little bit, so it was a little different than usual. Yeah, you, did. you were like, hello! <laughs> You're like Miss Doubtfire. Hello there. hello there, children! How are you today? Whoa. <laughs> I don't want you as my maid. <laughs> I don't want to be your maid. <laughs> that works out. Whoa. <laughs> That's right, because you want to be my lover, lover. Hmm. <laughs> I, never, I never said all that either. I don't know where you're getting that info from. But, uh, anyways, uh, some of you may have noticed we took last week off. Yeah. And the reason we did that is because Heather actually got really sick. Uh, she got bit by a spider and it triggered a staph infection in her leg. And she was laid up in the hospital for about five days. So I was there taking care of her. You know, Miguel was really busy with stuff with his family and, and we just could not make it work. So I apologize for not having an episode this week, but I promise tonight's is going to be at least kind of funny. Yeah. We tried, man, but, you know, it just wasn't right, you know. Yeah, just, just People need a rest, you know, so it's, it's understandable. People understand. Yeah. You better understand, damn it. <laughs> understand, bitches. <laughs> we can take off whenever we want to take off. <laughs> That's right. One year and a half of straight nonstop of us. You can't handle that one week without us, then you got problems, my friend. You I got think, problems. I think it just means they miss us, and they really enjoy the show. Okay. So that's the way I'm looking at it. I appreciate all the love and support, guys. Thanks for tweeting and wishing Heather well. Uh, it means the world to us, and uh, we're happy to be back. So, Of course, back and better than ever. Let's not waste any time, because we got a lot to talk about tonight, as usual. Okay. Let's talk about this week's comics. All right, let's do that. Here what we go. Were, what were your top two this week, Miguel? Number two. Nailbiter number 15 by Joshua Williamson and Mr. Mike Henderson. It was phenomenal. It was actually my number one. Oh, really? Uh, I love this book. Uh, you, saw, you may have seen me post on Twitter that Nailbiter is my favorite book on the shelves. And that's not just me blowing hot air. That's not just because I'm friends with Josh Williamson or I'm a fan of his. It's the absolute truth. Man, lo- your lips are planted on that dude's butt. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit, but I think it's well-deserved. I love this series. This is the series that comes out that I look forward to more than anything else. Whenever it releases on a Wednesday, it's the first book I want to read. I don't always read it first because I want to savor it, so I kind of put it at the end. But it's something that I always look forward to. And it's been so, so good, and it just keeps getting better. Uh, In this particular issue, Warren and the two detectives are down in the underground tunnels below Buckaroo. And Warren is leading them to this graveyard that he doesn't even know is down there. And there's all these bodies. And they encounter the masked butcher, the, the big guy with the giant horns who has the big battle axe. And he starts trying to kill him. And he's pissed off at Warren for violating some kind of agreement that he made in the past. So everybody's running, trying, scrambling, trying to get out of there. And Warren lets a few tidbits slip. He lets people know that this guy's not a new butcher. He's somebody that came before, which is really intriguing, but doesn't really tell us anything yet because there's 16 buckaroo butchers and we don't know which one this one might be. Yeah, it got a little crazy there, man. It got really crazy, especially with all the dead bodies. I mean, there was like, what, probably 100 dead bodies cut up down there. It was, it was pretty bloody. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so... You know, they manage to escape, and, you know, they call in the feds, and everybody shows up, and there's all these police, and they're all going down in the tunnels, and they find the bodies, and it's this giant massacre. But now Warren's missing, and so is the butcher. And there's also some other voice that talks to Warren, who you don't know who that is either. There's a lot of intrigue in this issue, and possibly a lot of things that are laid there to mislead you into making assumptions that'll turn out not to be true. Uh, Josh is kind of a master at that, and he's done that in a bunch of other, other books, even in this one with the Aztec Temples uh, it turned out to be completely fake. <laughs> you sick bastard. But really, you, you have no idea what's going on. You don't know what, where the butchers are coming from. You don't know what's causing it. You just know that something real is happening in those tunnels and that Warren is a part of it. And I'm you know, sitting on the edge of my seat waiting to find out what it's going to be. Hey, man, you don't forget to find out the sheriff got a kid. You find out a lot of things. I know. It's like, what is going on? Was, it's a great book. Yeah, it's just amazing. The only thing that does kind of suck is that uh, the next issue is not coming out until October, so we got to wait a little while for issue 16. He stuck it to us. <laughs> <laughs> so that was your number two. Uh, what was your number one? My number one is going to be Deadly Class number 15 by Rick Mender and Wes Craig. <laughs> that was actually my number two. Playing hey. The, playing the flip-flop game today. Oh, we're inverted? <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> we can try that, though. Why don't you uh, take the lead on this one and tell them what it's all about? 
All right, Marcus is pissed at Saya because now she's in love with his so-called best friend. He believes it's all a setup. He's doing all kinds of crack, all kinds of drugs and stuff. <laughs> hanging he's not out. really doing crack. He's doing like dude, he's morphine doing, and mushrooms. Dude, he's doing a lot. He, <laughs> dude, he did more than that, man. And he was pounding the mushrooms. Yeah. Then, he, then he pounds the goth chick. <laughs> <laughs> and then Victor is blackmailing him because tell him, hey, I know what you did to Maria. I know what happened. Yeah, Victor's the Russian guy from the beginning who uh, he embarrassed in that first issue. Yeah. And now he's come back and he's like, you need to tell the headmaster what you guys did or else I'm going to. He's like, you embarrass me, I'll embarrass you. And kind of puts him in this really uncomfortable situation, which is not a good thing for Marcus, especially this time in his life when he's so paranoid and so delusional. Yeah. Uh, the crazy thing that happens, though, is he confronts Saya and says, I know what you did. I know you killed her. And Saya bitch slaps him. <laughs> yeah, I know. Dude, Marcus, stand up. Come on. Yeah. And that's not even the, the most fucked up thing that happened in this book. Uh, that last page... I was not expecting that to happen. That gangbanger kid that got killed? Yeah. <laughs> well, remember, Marcus let it slip that uh, Homeboy didn't kill anybody. Yeah. I mean, so that guy got pissed, and then that guy got strung up. <laughs> yeah, that was his best friend in the beginning, and that was his secret that Marcus was holding. And mm-hmm. The only reason he let it slip is because he was on so many drugs. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely a study in uh, what drugs can do to you and how fucked up your life can get. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Deadly Class is just amazing. Rick Remender is just killing it with this. And yeah, I've loved the series since the beginning. And, you know, it stumbled for a little while in the middle, I thought, but it's gotten really good the last few issues. So if you haven't read Deadly Class, I highly recommend picking it up. Oh, okay. Cool. So uh, that was your top two for both of us, just inverted. What was your pick of the week? I changed it. You were expecting one thing, but I changed it. I went back to my loyalties, man. My number pick of the week is Midnight number three by the great Steve Orlando and ACO. This book is amazing. Midnight is just kicking butt everywhere. Of course, the old lady goes, want some breakfast? <laughs> there's, there's so many great li- one-liners in this book, you can't even start. I mean, it's just like freaking amazing. Yeah, I mean, he's an absolute badass. He takes on multiplex in this issue. He is an incredibly gifted fighter. Everybody he fights, they have no chance at all. You know, And then you've got a pretty interesting social perspective on him as well, dealing with being a gay man who's you know, also a superhero. And all of the dating stuff that goes on and him having to leave his former boyfriend who he's still in love with because it was the best thing for him. And he saw it in the future. Uh, it's just a really, really great book. Steve's doing a great job with it. Uh, it didn't quite crack my top three, but I really enjoyed it. How about that last page, though? Yeah. I'm excited for what's coming next. Because, you know, he made a – can I spoil it for people? No. No? Okay. But anyway, that last page is a, is a good one. And we know how Steve feels about that person on that last page, too. So I can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be good. So, yeah, that was my pick of the week. What was yours? Uh, my pick of the week is actually Future Imperfect number four from Peter David and Greg Land. Uh, oh, I love that book too. Secret Wars has been really good. There's a lot of great tie-ins, but in my opinion, this is the absolute best one. Uh, you may already be aware that I'm a big fan of Peter David and I enjoy a lot of his writing, but I am absolutely loving his take on the maestro. Uh, we've got Maestro and Ruby and Thunderbolt Ross, who is now the thing, yep. teamed up <laughs> and going to try to find a way to take down Doom. They want to you know, regain control of Battleworld, and Maestro has grand aspirations to become the new ruler. He wants to overthrow Doom as God and take over ruling the world. So they go to find Ulik the Troll, who has a way to get to Doom. And Ulik is incredibly powerful, of course, and you know, he acts like Maestro is no match for him. And, but then you know, Maestro proves him wrong. <laughs> and it's a really brutal fight, just knock down, drag out. Maestro is so cocky and so confident, and it's hilarious to watch him be able to back those things up. Uh, I just absolutely love it. It's a really fun book. It's pretty cool how he tells the guy, you're going to know that you can't beat me, and you're going to say I'm sorry, and we're going to do, you know. It was like, wow. And yeah, sure enough, that's what happens a couple of <laughs> frames later. <laughs> it was really, really good. Dude, everybody's starting to hate Doom. That's, that's a recurring thing we're seeing, but uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. Uh, so... That was our top three, but I also have a couple honorable mentions for this week. Okay. Uh, number one is Airboy number three. Okay. Uh, I think we both really liked it and both wanted to put it in our top three. The thing is, like, a lot of people are really ragging on this book, and they don't enjoy it, and they're giving it all kinds of negative publicity and stuff, but I think Airboy is fantastic. It's funny. It's really funny. It's really messed up. It's really bizarre. Uh, it's a miniseries. It ends on issue four. That's terrible. Well, it's, it's a short, I mean... You can't really keep up like 25 issues of the two creators doing like massive amounts of drugs. <laughs> It'll get a little tedious after a while, but it is really funny for the short little number of issues that it has. So if you haven't read it yet, I, I really strongly encourage you to go pick out Airboy. Uh, it's it's hilarious, you know. It's, uh, if you like adult content, if you like you know drugs and crude humor, you know, excessive dong. 
Well, there's <laughs> there's a lot of dong, but it's well used. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing you'll never hear ever again. <laughs> well used dong. Comical podcast one said so. But it's really good. I highly recommend Airboy. And then the other honorable mention is Morning Glories number forty seven. Uh, Yo! I really like this series. Uh, Morning Glories is one of my favorites. Nick Spencer's writing it. Joe Eisman is the artist. Um, it's a really complex mystery about these kids that live in a school where all kinds of crazy stuff happens and people are murdered every day. And it's it's sci-fi a little bit on top of being like high school drama. And every kid is, is unique in their own way. And it's just really fascinating, really interesting. But the coolest thing about issue number 47... Here we go. ...is the fact that I was drawn into it by Joe. Uh-huh. Here it is. <laughs> I have a cameo, which is pretty cool. Uh-huh. He drew me as a security guard kicking some girl from behind. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a butthead. So, you know, go, go out there. There's a picture of me uh, on Facebook and on Twitter, my, my cameo. But you go pick up the issue and find me. You know, I'm the guy with the beard. There's a lot of us in there, but uh, I'm the guy with the darker brown beard kicking the girl from behind. Kicking the girl. <laughs> <laughs> Get a laugh out of it, and, uh, you know, I'll sign it for you if you ever run into me. <laughs> nice. Now, I know Joe said he was going to put me in the book, too, but this is a shout-out to Joe and to Fred. I'm going to tweet them about this later. Hey, Joe, see if you can let, talk Fred into put me into Big Trouble in Little China instead of Morning Glories. I think it would be so cool, like, if Jack Burton kicks my butt or something. <laughs> that would be awesome, right? You're going to end up being the cousin of the gorilla. Whoa. <laughs> Can I be kin to David Lopan? <laughs> He's going to put you in a pool. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> so anyways, I just wanted to do a couple honorable mentions because I really liked those books. And uh, thank you so much, Joe, for putting me in the comic. That really made my day. And uh, pick up Morning Glories. It's really good. My feelings are hurt, Joe. <laughs> You'll be in there soon enough. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Using excessive dong? <laughs> That's a different book. <laughs> so moving on. Uh, I want to remind everybody that we have a site where you can buy all kinds of Comical Podcast merchandise. Oh, yeah. Uh, CafePress.com slash Comical Podcast. We have t-shirts. We have mouse pads. We have keychains. We have dog t-shirts. <laughs> we have dog t-shirts. All kinds of cool stuff out there you can go and buy. Um, and it supports the show. Anything you want to pick up, you know, it helps us, keeps us going, pays for our uh, hosting fees and stuff like that. So, you know, go out there, support the show, wear a shirt. We really appreciate it. Shout out to one of the minions. She wears her shirt a lot. Yeah. She shout sends out. us pictures every time she yeah. does. Shout Pretty out cool. to Ashley for wearing her shirt. Yeah. Appreciate that. And uh, if you don't want to buy anything, but you just want to give a little bit to help us, you can always PayPal it to us to uh, comicalpodcast at gmail.com. A couple bucks here and there. You know, you like the show. Helps us out. Yeah, so, we prefer 20s, 100s. Well, I mean, <laughs> I didn't want to be too greedy. I'll take, I'll take $2. <laughs> With a zero behind it. <laughs> but uh, anything you guys can give, we really appreciate. Of course we do. So let's get to the meat and potatoes of this week's episode. We have meat and potatoes. Well, I already ate. Oh, okay. I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as you know, Marvel Secret Wars has been going on for three or four months now. Yeah. And a lot has happened. Yeah. Uh, We briefly talked about it when the series started Mm -hmm. and that it was pretty cool the way that it worked, the incursion, and that Doom had become the leader of this world and, you know, formulated himself to be a god. Uh Uh-huh. Is he Um, Zool? (laughs) (laughs) It comes from the same plane, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) But uh, a, a lot has happened in Secret Wars since it began. Yes, it has. And uh, I wanted to talk about that a little bit and go over some of the books that we really like, some of the books that we don't like, so that anybody out there that's interested can really dive into this. I mean, obviously the main series is going to be eight issues, mm-hmm. and I think the fourth one is already out. So you have four more issues coming in the main series, and then there's a ton of tie-ins. And some of them are really, really good. And a few of them are just kind of eh. Yeah. So we want to go over that and let people know what they should be reading, what are the important ones. Wow, we're the- telling them what they should be reading. Well, <laughs> You know, that's what we're here for. And we haven't really done this in a while. We haven't really dived into comics and talked about stuff at length. So yeah. this is a good way for us to talk about Marvel and what's going on in Secret Wars. But a lot of these books are already like two, three issues down, man. How well, are they going to just dump it? Are they going to go find a back issue somewhere? Most comic shops have a pretty good selection of back issues. And if they don't, you can always pick them up on eBay. Or if you're a digital reader, I'm sure you can get them on Comixology. Oh, or buy them from you. Yeah, oh. Codes. <laughs> buy codes on eBay, too. So, nice. Uh, <laughs> nice plug. <laughs> let's kind of run over the list. Okay. And uh, we'll, we'll get your opinion on them, and then I'll give mine as well. Okay. Okay, so the main title, of course, is Secret Wars, which is really good. Yes, it is. Uh, it's Doom is God of this world. You know, Battle Worlds happened. Him and Doctor Strange created this, uh, this land that's separated by walls, and, and every little kingdom is run by a baron. And each baron is somebody who's unique to that time or place, you know, that, that was used to form Battle World. Like in one of them, you have Magneto as a Baron, and another one you have Captain America, and another one you have like a female version of Captain America. You know, it, it, it's all just kind of mixed up. Mm-hmm. There's a wasteland where there's everybody's a Hulk. There's another wasteland where there's zombies and and Ultron robots roaming around, and there's a few humans surviving in this small little bubble. Yeah, there's a dinosaur land with Amazon women. 
there, yeah, there's there's all kinds of cool and weird stuff in Battle World. Yes. So we're gonna go over each title a little bit and let you guys know what our thoughts are. That's a lot of titles. It is a lot of titles. So number one is Master of Kung Fu, and it's Shang Chi and all of the ninja schools. And basically, what happened is Shang Chi's father is this evil overlord. He's the the head of the the ninja groups, and he's been the leader of these groups for hundreds of years, and nobody's ever been able to dethrone him. Shang Chi is the one person who's prophesied to be able to dethrone him. And he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to rule. So he's been spending all of his time getting drunk and hanging out in the park and doing goofy shit. And guards keep harassing him. And eventually he ends up starting his own school with a bunch of the other rejects from the other schools, trains them. And then he decides he's going to confront his father because there's so much injustice under his father's rule. So I personally love this series. Like I was never a huge Shang-Chi fan, but I, I've liked him the last couple of years. Every time he's shown up, like in Secret Avengers and things like that, and Avengers World... Uh, but I'm really, really digging Master of Kung Fu. You know, surprisingly, you'd think I would have liked this book, consider how much Kung Fu stuff I like. But I'm just not into it. I just, I just can't get into it. I can't explain to you why. Um, it's okay, but it's not one for me. That's why I don't pick it up. Okay. I'll read your copy, but uh, I'm not very interested when I read it. So I'm kind of spaced out, I guess. <laughs> I'm just being honest. You should give it a second chance. It's really good. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Next up is the Battle World title, which is an interesting series where they're doing two different stories in each issue. Uh, different creative teams on each story. Sometimes you have stuff with Red Skull. Sometimes you have stuff with Devil Dinosaur and Captain America. Uh, sometimes you have stuff with MODOK. <laughs> it just kind of depends. Mm-hmm. And so far, there, there are three issues in on this one, and every single story has been pretty good. There's only one of them that I thought was kind of weak in the second issue, but uh, this is a real fun like team-up kind of book. Yes. So if you're looking for a team-up book, this is a good place to start. Uh, next up is Secret Wars Journal. Which is okay. Yeah, it's another one I'm not really all hyped up on. Uh, I, I like it, but I don't love it. You could probably skip that one if you don't want to get too involved. That's one that follows kind of Renaissance versions of the characters, and it's it's okay. You know, they're all in this like magic land where everybody has spells, and and you know, it, it could have been done really well, but I just think it's okay. Yeah, save your money. Yeah. Next is Ghost Racers. Oh, <laughs> it's oh. an interesting concept. God, that book could have been so good. They took all of the different ghost writers from history. And basically, Arcade trapped them in an arena, and they have to race against each other. And then It's e- freaking wacky races with Ghost Riders. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. Every night, one wins, and the other ones are you know locked in a dungeon and punished. If you win, though, you get freedom, and you get rewards, and you get all the women. And it keeps working out for the new Ghost Rider, the one in the car, uh, and his, his brother. But I'm just not that big a fan of the new Ghost Rider, and I'm not that big a fan of, uh, of this title either. It's no. just so-so. Picked up the first one and didn't pick up any more after that? <laughs> So that's one you can skip. Yep. Thor's has been really good. Oh, I like that book. So Thor's are what Doom calls his elite guard that patrol and police all the different realms mm-hmm. that he has control over. And every single version of Thor that's ever existed exists in this, se- in this series as a police officer, basically. Yep. So, you know, you got Frog Thor, you got Beta Ray Bill, you got Odin's son, you got, you know, all of them. And turns out, this is a lot like True Detective, one of the cops gets murdered. Just so happens it turns out to be Beta Ray Bill. Bastards. Which <laughs> <laughs> I know upset Miguel. Oh, it did. But all the other Thors are working together to try to figure out who killed Beta Ray Bill and why. And it's a really well-written detective story. And it's just fascinating. And I, I give it two thumbs up. This is a great one to be reading. Yeah, and then freaking Thor with no hands shows up. Remember the Thor that we knew from mm-hmm. before all this mess went down? It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's Odin's son, as yeah. he is now, yeah. But, yeah, I, I highly recommend Thors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so moving on, Age of Ultron versus Marvel Zombies. I think it's kind of stupid. I just think it's really stupid. First of all, I hate Ultron. Let's go ahead and put that out there. So that's probably why it doesn't appeal to me. I'm not a big Ultron fan either. Uh, I like Marvel Zombies. I've always been a big fan of that that run, mm-hmm. um, despite the Arthur Sweetum nice. <laughs> incident. <laughs> but I, I do like Marvel Zombies. And this story focuses on Hank Pym, but it's like Hank Pym from a, a steampunk version of uh, of the world, where he doesn't really know as much as the Hank Pym that we're familiar with. And he stumbles upon other like-minded, smart people, and ends up teaming up with a Tony Stark and a Wonder Man. And they go into a utopia kind of society. It's basically this world trapped in a bubble that Ultron can't get to. And Vision's there as well. So the story kind of follows them. And it follows Ultron teaming up with the zombies to try to take out what's left of those humans. And it's, it's okay. It's not the best. But there's some cool stuff that happens. So I'd give it probably like a 2 out of 5 if, if I was going to recommend this one. I don't give it any numbers. <laughs> <laughs> you think we start doing that given a rating system on these? Okay, we can. Two and a half dongs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next is uh, Star-Lord and Kitty Pride. Come on. 
<laughs> no, I, I give it a one. <laughs> They're replacing Legendary Star Lord with this title, and it's not terrible if you're into the the love story kind of thing. And if you like Legendary Star Lord, you you won't hate it. Uh, but it's not for everybody. I can I can see that for sure, and I'd probably give it a two out of five. I mean, no. Now the next one is uh, Marvel Zombies, just by itself, and uh, that one's pretty good. Yeah, that one is good. That one follows Elsa Bloodstone, and she's in the Marvel Zombies wasteland by herself with a little kid. Yeah, that she stumbled across, and having to fight her way through uh, this hordes of zombies, and all she has is like a shotgun with like six more bullets. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's a real good fight for survival. There's a lot of violence. There's a lot of really cool interactions with the zombies, and uh, I recommend this one highly. I give this one a four out of five. It's really good. I'll give it a three and a half stars. Okay. Uh, next is uh, Runaways, which if you were a fan of Runaways before, you'll really enjoy this. If you weren't, you probably won't. Um, I like it. I, I'd say I give this one a three out of five as well. Uh, I know it's probably not for you because you aren't familiar with any of the characters. I give it a 1.5. Okay, I'm just fair. not, I just, like you said, I'm not too familiar with them, so it doesn't draw me in. That's fair. Uh, next is Deadpool's Secret Secret Wars, which. I think it's hilarious. Uh, if you read the original Secret Wars way back in the 80s, you know, where they end up on the, the planet and the Beyonders watching them and like Spider-Man finds his black costume and all that kind of stuff, this actually takes place during that Secret Wars event, not the Secret Wars event that's currently going on. Deadpool somehow exists in that timeline and is getting to meet all the heroes and all the villains for the first time. They don't really know what to think of him. And you get to see him try on like the black Spider-Man costume and then put it back. And he does a lot of really funny things. Uh, I'd give this one a 4 out of 5. I gave it a 4.5, believe it or not. I, I really enjoy it. It's um, one of my favorites. I think it's pretty funny. It's one of the funnier Deadpool miniseries that Cullen's done in a while. I thought Night of the Living Deadpool and Return of the Living Deadpool were just okay. This one I really enjoy. Yes. Uh, same here. Moving on, Inferno. Oh, I like Inferno. Inferno's been really good. Inferno's tripped. But I know you're going to break it out. Oh, you just like it. it got demons and it's in hell. And <laughs> I give it a 5 because it's freaking magic, dude. I like magic a lot, too, and I like Colossus, and I, I like him leading a team of X-Men to try to save her from Hellfire. Mm -hmm. you know, she's down there with uh, Madeline Pryor, and you know she's got all these demons at her command. She's kind of been taken over, and they have to fight through Dormammu's realm, and you know, it's just, like you said, a lot of demons. You know, I'll give it a 4.5. I can't go 5. That'd be ridiculous. I, I like it a lot. I'll give it a 4 out of 5. Nice. Uh, next is Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, I like this one. Which I think is interesting. Uh, Thanos is one of the few people who was not affected by the convergence. You know, he was not affected by what happened in Secret Wars. How's he not just gone and kicked Doom the hell out? <laughs> and why is he letting it stay? That's, that's my, my he, question. Is, well, is he he's, well, we know what he's trying to do. Well, he wants to get all the Infinity Gems, and he wants to have somebody else do it for him so that he can reshape the world and not have everybody think he's a villain. Most of the people there don't have any memory of him, don't have any memory of the world that came before. Mm -hmm. So he's taking his time. He's teamed up with this family... You know, they're a bunch of Novas, and he's using them to find the gems for him. So I thought you were going to say they're a bunch of idiots. <laughs> uh, they they kind of are for trusting Thanos. <laughs> but, you know, uh, the way it's played out, you kind of understand it a little bit. And, you know, I'm sure he once he gets the Infinity Gauntlet together, he's going to use it to reshape reality and kind of figure out what's going to happen post-Secret Wars. I'm sure that since the Infinity Gauntlet is involved, that's how Battleworld is going to end. So moving on, uh, Old Man Logan. Didn't like the first issue. Second one is growing on me, though. I kind of like it now. So I give it like a 3.5. See, I've loved Old Man Logan from the beginning. You know, it's, it's Wolverine at the end of the world. You know, all of his friends are dead. He's the last X-Man. He's the last mutant trying to make it. Uh, the only other person that's kind of left is Mystique. How the hell is he still? He's supposed to be dead. <laughs> he's basically immortal. He, he ages really, really slowly. And he's an old man in this. Mm -hmm. uh, but he finds out that the Thors have come and they've, you know, killed the few people he has left as friends. So he goes to get his revenge, and he climbs over the wall, which is supposed to be a big no-no, and ends up in the Age of Apocalypse world. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, you know, things just keep getting progressively worse for him from that point. Uh, it's a really good title. I give that one another four, four out of five. So oh, okay. Highly recommend it. Uh, another really good one, and probably the most important one so far for Secret Wars, is Civil War. Oh, man, yes. There's a tremendous desert, and, you know, in this world that they remember... Uh, Bombs went off. You know, people died on both sides. This tremendous thing happened, and everything's separated into two groups, one led by Tony Stark and one led by Captain America, which is the same thing that happened in Civil War. But instead of it just being superheroes versus superheroes, it's the entire world versus the entire world, and they're split down the middle. It's North versus South. I was going to say that. Civil, <laughs> Civil War is exactly what you expect it to be. And somebody tries to assassinate them when they try to have peace talks, and the whole thing's about them trying to figure out who that was, 
and how do they reunite without giving in to each other's ideals. So it's really good. Yeah, I like it. 4.5 for me. Yeah, I'd say 4.5 as well. So are you Team Iron Man or Team uh, Cap? It's too hard to say so far. I mean, we're only two issues in. So once we get a little more info, I think I'll be able to choose easier. I still, I'm Team Cap. Spider-Man's on that side. Moving on. Secret Wars 2099. Of course. <laughs> no, I kind of like that one. It's been pretty good. I gave it a 3.5. Well, do you want to talk about it? No. <laughs> Dude, it's been a while since Secret Wars 2099 has come out. I remember what happened in the last one. Well, in Secret Wars 2099, you have the female Captain America who reverts back to a, a person who doesn't even remember that she's Captain America. That's right. And somebody tried to assassinate her. And so the 2099 Avengers come to her aid, and they meet the 2099 Defenders, and they have like this giant knockdown dragout brawl in the middle of the street. <laughs> you know, you've got all that stuff going on, plus stuff with uh, Spider-Man 2099. And, you know, it's, it's really good. I think Peter David's writing that one as well. I'm, I'm a big fan of the 2099 storyline. It's been a while. You know, I think it came out in the early 80s. Yep. And it's really nice to have it revisited. It's all about Miguel. <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I know it's all about you. <laughs> so uh, next is Where Monsters Dwell. Oh, I love this book. <laughs> this is a 4.5 for me, too. This book is just fun. Uh, I didn't love the first issue. Yeah, the first issue was kind of hard, but it had dinos, so I was good with it. It's about a, a pilot who gets sucked into this vortex and ends up on this world full of dinosaurs. He just makes me think of Briscoe County. And he has, a, he has a woman with him who he was trying to give a lift to. Well, they crash land on this island full of monsters and, and dinosaurs and Amazons. And, you know, once the Amazons get, get involved, it becomes very funny. Uh, I would probably give this one a four out of five. It's really great, especially what's going to happen to him in the last issue. <laughs> so moving on, A-Force. Like the first one. Now it's starting to get on my nerves. Uh, it's still okay. I give it a strong three. If it would have just been on the first one, I would have given it a four. But after the last couple of issues, it's kind of gotten on my nerves. It's a little whiny. I'm sorry to say that, but it feels whiny. Um, I don't know. How, I don't know why. I'm not saying because it's a team of women. I'm just saying the way it's. Yeah, being, you are. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying the way it's being. No, I, I agree with you, and I get what you're saying. Uh, it's like all these people want to make changes to the way Doom does things, but nobody is willing to step up and do it except for like the hardcore villains. Yeah. And that's kind of a recurring theme in Battleworld, you see. Red Skull wants to take him out. Maestro wants to take him out. Magneto. Magneto wants to take him out. But like She-Hulk and her team of female Avengers, they're like, we need to make changes, but we're just going to sit here and deal with it. It's a little weak. Yeah. Uh, I'd give it probably a two and a half out of five. And it's right in the middle. Mm -hmm. uh, next is Planet Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> Planet Hulk gets a five. It Planet might, Hulk gets a five. It yeah. might be one of the only ones on the list that I'll give a five to as well. Uh, I've really been enjoying it. It's uh, Captain America and Devil Dinosaur trying That's to track down Bucky, and they keep encountering Hulks. They find Doc Green right off the bat, team up with him, and uh, it's it's just really, really well written and really, really good. Yeah. I love the fact that Cap has a Devil Dinosaur. I love the fact that Doc Green is there now. And like you said, just Hulks all over the place, and it's really good. It's Jerry Dugan, right? I yeah, I believe so. so. Yeah. yeah, it's just great. It's a great <laughs> book. That's why it gets a five. I agree with you. Uh, Spider-Verse. Like Spider-Verse. I like I some give, things about Spider-Verse. I got a 3.5. You know I'm not the biggest fan of Spider-Gwen. Uh, if you're not a big fan of Spider-Gwen, you're probably not going to love this either because it's more of her evolving as a character. She's trying to track down other people that have the same abilities. and She's kind of allied herself with Norman Osborn and Spider-Ham in this weird kind of relationship. That's why. Uh, <laughs> Gotta love the ham. You know, most of the other Spider-Men that are around, though, suck. Yeah. They're like the worst versions of, of Spider-Man that were left behind. The only one that's kind of cool is Spider-Noir, you know, because he's willing to, like, kill people and be a badass and stuff. All the rest of them are just, like, weaker versions of Peter Parker. What's well, like I said, it's about him, Gwen, and Ham. Yeah, I like him and Ham. The other ones I couldn't really care that much for. I'm just hoping that if they take Gwen from here, they actually do something with it and not make her like they did in the last series. You I know? think she's going to be important going forward, but I'm just... So far, I'm not that big of a fan. I got a 3.5. I'd probably give it a 2 out of 5. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan. Hater. Uh, next is Modoc Assassin. Okay. <laughs> okay. We all know how much I hate this disgusting head monster thing. It kills me to look at. It makes me want to vomit. Modoc is amazing. How can you hate Modoc? He makes me want to vomit. Okay. <laughs> I look at him, I, I get repulsed. But I freaking love this book. I can't get enough of this stupid book. I give it another 5. It's a 5 for me. I love this book. What is up with Modoc falling in love for all these with all these uh, women in the Marvel universe? I think it's hilarious, dude. I love how you're just killing everybody, and they can't. Uh, you know, I'm designed for this. Really, you think it got me? Ha! <laughs> well, okay. So he, in Secret Avengers, he fell in love with Maria Hill, and he yeah. fell hard. 
And, you know, all kinds of stuff happened because of his love for her. You know, people betrayed him and he didn't see it. The same kind of shit's happening in Modoc Assassin. He's fallen really hard for Angela. Who wouldn't? (laughs) (laughs) You know, she comes down to Murder World and all these assassins start attacking her immediately. And, you know, he he defends her a little bit and then falls head over heels for her, (laughs) which is not hard because he's a giant head. And... (laughs) You can't say it like that. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh... It's a really good series. You know, lots of major assassins are in the book, and they all try to take on MODOK, and they're no match. And, of course, they're no match for her either. And, uh, you know, it's it's a strong series. I'd give it like a 4.5 out of 5. I give it a 5. It's another one of those that's, that, for me, is like a must-read. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that, that one's one of the must-reads as well. Uh, next is Korvac Saga. I like that one, too. Surprisingly, I like that one. Yeah, it's a little weird. Mm-hmm. You know, it's definitely a space book, so if you're not a fan of the space stuff, you may not love it, but... Uh, uh, it's it's not bad so far. I'd probably give it a three and a half out of five. I give it a four. That's fair. Uh, next is Extinction Agenda, which is probably the worst of the X Men titles, or the second worst of the X Men titles in this group. Uh, it's okay. It's hard to keep straight which what all of them are, but this is the one where they're um, fighting against the Sentinels, and it's like the love story between the two, the son and the, the brother and the sister. Yeah, the brother and the sister. Yeah. It's, it's 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 okay, but it's not great. I'd give it a two out of five. I was picking it up, and I I, I want to stop, but it's like so bad I can't stop. I give it a two point five as well. Yeah. So next is Weird World, and I actually really like Weird World. It's a barbarian guy who's on this floating island. Oh, uh, that's not the one I don't care for. You don't like it? Nah, I'm not too big of a fan of it. I give it a two. He he finds all kinds of. Uh, unusual things he has to fight. He runs into some hulks as well. And, uh, you know, it's cool. It's a cool story. Uh, I'd probably give it a three out of five. You know, if you, if you like Conan kind of stories, you'll enjoy this one. That's fair, right? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, next is 1872. The wild West versions of the characters. Stupid. (laughs) (laughs) 1.5. I didn't think it was stupid. I I thought it was kind of pointless and I don't really see how it ties into secret wars. Uh, it's one of those tie-ins that is probably just a money grab sort of thing, uh, which unfortunately they got my money. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably give it a two. None of these are none of these so far have been absolutely awful. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the next one, which I think is really good and probably my only other real contender for a five on the list, is Future Imperfect. Oh, that's got to be a five. That's a five for me. It's all about uh, Ruby, who's this new girl who can turn into hard ruby crystal. That's her ability. And, like I said before, Thaddeus Ross, who's now the Thing, teaming up with some other rebels trying to take on the Maestro and overthrow him. And the Maestro ends up allying with them to go and try to take out Doom. So, it's it's really good. I mean, the fights with the Maestro are really good, and the fights with Maestro on their side are really good as well. Uh, this is probably my favorite of all of the tie-ins. It has a lot to do with the story, I think, as well. So, um, I highly, highly recommend reading Future Imperfect if you're going to be reading Secret Wars. It's a great all. book, and it's... the. F- it's funny. It's got some fun moments in there, and it's just great. Next is E is for Extinction. I read that one, too. Uh, I like that one a lot, mm-hmm. but the artwork is really awful. Yeah. <laughs> the man, is that the one with Magneto's helmets, like, all, like, sharp and razory? <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's not a bad story. I like the story a lot. Uh, it's an okay X-Men tie-in, but, you know, if you can get past the bad artwork, I think you'll really enjoy it. If, if you can't, you know, if you're like Miguel and you don't really enjoy the artwork, you may not like the book. Well, it's not as bad as some of that I read back in the past, but... Yeah. But no, it's okay. I'd give it a, a three. I'm a, I'm about a 2.75 on that one. That's fair. <laughs> Next is one that I think we both like. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows. That's a good book. That's a four for me. It's a four for me as well. Uh, Spider-Man is a lot darker and a lot edgier in this reality. You know, he is not making jokes anymore. You know, he's a lot more like Superior Spider-Man in that he's just going to kick ass and take names, and that's it. Yeah, this next book, if he goes even darker, it's getting a five. But... <laughs> At the same time, Peter Parker is a family man. You know, they have a daughter together, and he really loves his kid, and he really loves Mary Jane, and, you know, he's doing anything he can to protect them and to provide for them, and, you know, he's a really good-hearted guy. That's why he's going dark, because he's got to protect the family. You get to see both sides of it. You get to see Peter Parker being this much lighter character than Peter Parker normally is, and you get to see Spider-Man being way darker than he typically is. Well, his daughter has powers, too. And his daughter has abilities, too, which is kind of cool. So uh, I really like that one. Mm-hmm. I, if you're a Spider-Man fan, if you liked everything that happened before the divorce or whatever, uh, pick this one up. You'll it's like funny it. you mentioned Superior, and he messed up Doc Ock. <laughs> <laughs> Ripped his arms off. Man. Yeah, he did. Great. So the next one is another one that's high up there on the list. Uh, definitely a four out of five for me. Giant-sized little Marvel AVX. 
Okay, that is a five. It is a five because it is so fun. It is so ridiculous. It is just like being a kid again. And it's one that you look forward to when it comes out because it is so – it's very cute. And it's funny. The, one, the jokes in there are just funny. I love this book. It's, it's, it's a five. Scotty Young's writing and drawing it. Uh, he opens every book with an Animaniacs theme talking about the X-Men versus the Avengers, which I think is really funny because uh, you can kind of sing along with it you know, as the Animaniacs theme. Uh, the story is all about Wanda and Pietro who have just come to the school. You know, it's Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, and the two teams are fighting over them. Are you X-Men or are you Avengers? And they're trying to lure them to joining their teams. And all kinds of crazy stuff happens. I mean, there's all kinds of in-jokes and all kinds of little things making fun of each other. You know, like, I, li- I liked that they made fun of Wolverine being, you know, a follower and that he joins every single team. And, you know, just lots of really cool, fun stuff. It's a real lighthearted book. Um, has nothing at all to do with Secret Wars at all. It's like, it's like the least tie-in a tie-in can be. But... It's a lot of fun, and it's a great time for it to be coming out. Yeah. Come on. Wolverine told little Spider-Man, say, don't tell Cyclops. He'll get all eye hurt. <laughs> that was freaking hilarious. Or how about when they go see Captain America? He's like, yeah, he's always in here lifting weights, telling you be all you can be, and shouting at you. <laughs> Let's work out. <laughs> you can't all be Thors. I know, right? <laughs> it's great. It's a great, lighthearted, fun book to read. I it just It makes me smile every time I read it. It's one of my favorites from this whole batch. Uh, so next is Mrs. Deadpool and the Howling Commandos. I like that one, too. That pushes close to being a 5. I'd probably give it a 4.75. It's Shikla, who's Deadpool's wife. Can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> and she's teamed up with the original Legion of Monsters. Oh! You got the Invisible Man. You got the Werewolf by Night. You got uh, Frankenstein's monster. and uh, <laughs> Frankenstein's monster's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, they're all kind of idiots, to be honest. But she's teamed up with them. They're originally Dracula's henchmen, and she's basically going to try to find a place to bury her brothers since they were killed by Dracula. And really, she wants to betray Dracula, and unknowingly to her, the henchmen are all on board. So they go cross the River Styx, which I think was actually really funny. Oh, yeah. You're not dead. <laughs> <laughs> that whole bit was, was hilarious. Uh, you know, and then, of course, Deadpool narrating the whole thing, so there's a lot of jokes, too. That's what's funny. Yeah, you open it up, he's talking. Like, oh, my gosh. It's really good. Uh, if you're a fan of Deadpool or you read Jerry Dugan's and Brian Posehn's run and you knew all about Shikla, I recommend this. You'll enjoy it. That's why I give it a 4.75. I think when Deadpool finally comes back and quits narrating, it'll be a 5 for me. Yeah, I give it a 4 out of 5. So next is uh, Captain Marvel and the Carol Corps. There's only one issue out so far. It wasn't bad. It wasn't um, great. It wasn't great. I like Captain Marvel, but I like Captain Marvel as Captain Marvel with the superpowers, being able to fly around and do things. And this one, she's just like a you know the leader of a fighter pilot squadron, and you know they don't really do much. It's like stupid, dude. It's kind of pointless, and I don't really see how it ties into Secret Wars. How do you take it away from her? How do you make her plain? You made her freaking what's call it? You made her uh, Blake Lively's character from Green Lantern. <laughs> what's her name? Uh, I don't remember. Oh God, what's her freaking name? She's the freaking. I've kind of forgotten that movie. She's Sapphire. <laughs> Star Sapphire. Yeah, freaking uh, Carol, uh, what's her name? Uh, Ferris. Yeah. It's It's lame. It's not the best. I I give this one like a 1.5 out of 5. If you're a hardcore Carol Danvers fan and you're going to read everything Carol core no matter what, you might really like this. But, you know, I'm a Captain Marvel fan. I love Captain Marvel, but I don't feel like this is Captain Marvel. No. And it doesn't have anything to do with Secret Wars. So, you know, read at your own risk. 0.5. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's the only one that's below one for you, huh? <laughs> so far. No, this, I was very nice the other ones. This one i got to give a point five because that's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. Uh, so you, next is uh, Squadron Sinister. I was going to rant a little bit more. <laughs> well, we you took get- a character that I actually kind of like now, who I started to like, and you made her useless. There you go. All right, my bad. That's okay. So next is uh, Squadron Sinister. And I'm actually a tremendous fan of this one. If I knew who they were, I'd probably enjoy it more. There's moments in these books that I do kind of like. But I don't know enough about them, so I have to give it a two. It piques my interest, but damn it, I need to know more about them before I can really like it. Well, you've read my miniseries, the Squadron Supreme stuff, and the Nighthawk, and the Hyperion, and, and uh, Dr. Spectrum. Yeah, Hyperion's like, the only one I really re- remember. Well, these are alternate versions of those characters, and they're all giant mega dicks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, superior, man, I got you. <laughs> Hyperion is such an asshole in this book, and, you know... That's why you like it? <laughs> They're not the characters that I fell in love with, but I love them for different reasons. I, I love twisted versions of, of my favorite characters, and I've always been a big fan of the Squadron Supreme, so I'm liking this book a lot. And despite it being a 2 for you, it's like a 4.5 for me. I love the series. So if you know these characters and you, you like twisted versions of things, I think you'll really enjoy it. Twisted. So, <laughs> you are twisted. Moving on, Years of Future Past is probably the best X-Men tie-in. 
I will go with you on that, yes. Uh, you know, all, all these things kind of run together because there's like five different X-Men tie-ins, but I, str- I, I feel pretty confident saying that Years of Future Past is the strongest one. I give it a four. And I give it a four as well. Uh, so if you, you want to read more X-Men tie-ins, that one's a good one. Yeah, it is really good. Next is 1602, Witch Hunter Angela. No, man. There, you, want, you want a zero? You want me to give you a zero? <laughs> really? You think it's that bad? No, I give it a point two five. See, I give this one a three. <laughs> I actually think it's pretty solid. Uh, it's an alternate reality version of Angela where she's like a medieval knight and she hunts witches and she's traveling through these old-timey towns and running into other Avengers who have become alternate versions of themselves in the same kind of timeline. And uh, it, it's, not, it's not bad. It's kind of a mythical, medieval kind of fantasy kind of thing with Angela like kind of plopped down in the middle of it. I think the problem is the fact that everything's such an alternate timeline in this freaking thing and everything's so different version of each other that I think by the time we got to that one, it's already worn on me. I and you that. think I would like it because it's witches, but it's not witches. You know what I'm saying? It's not demons. No, not, no. not enough for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get, I'll be fair to it. I'll give it a 1.5. Okay. Okay. Next is Armor Wars. Oh, hell yeah. I give that a 3.5. Maybe 3.75. I give it a 3.5. I like it. It's interesting. It's uh, this techno world where everybody has to wear suits to survive. And Tony Stark you know, is, is one part of the, the leadership in this group, and then his brother is the other part. And you know, they're doing all kinds of uh, technological warfare on each other, trying to spy on each other and find out things about new suits and new ways to survive. And uh, they're kind of at war with each other. Old Man Logan shows up in this uh, as well, and he actually doesn't need the suit to survive, and it just blows their minds. So... Uh, it's kind of interesting. If you like Iron Man, I think you'll really like this. If you don't, if you're not a big fan of Iron Man and the whole technological kind of stuff, you may not enjoy it. But uh, I feel pretty good about it. I thought it was cool how Spider Man was in an iron suit. Yeah, and he looked kind of weird. <laughs> Next is X Men ninety two. Yeah, it's okay. I give it like a two point five. It is the wordiest book. Of That's the hard all the books. It is really, really challenging to read. There's bubbles everywhere. Um, you know, the artwork looks a lot like it did back in the nineties. That's the cool part of That's the book. That's the cool part about it. The villain they're fighting is Shadow King, which I think is so cool. Uh, it's all about he's taking over Cassandra Nova's body and basically trapped the X Men in this world where you know they're they're living out their fantasies and he's trying to manipulate them into being his slaves. Uh, but some of them see through it, some of them don't. He kind of kicks the rejects to the curb. It looks like Jubilee is going to be the one that kind of saves everybody, which is kind of hokey a little bit, but uh, it's not bad. Uh, I'd probably give it a two and a half out of five. Tell me, when you first got that book and you saw the drawing, did you all of a sudden have that theme play in your head? Of course. Yeah, and then you get there and you see all the damn bubbles. Like, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so many texts. Just go through the pictures. You get the story from the pictures. So much text. So next we have Guardians of Nowhere. Oh, my goodness. This book, when I first got it, I was like, okay, this book's kind of, uh. The last issue, oh, yeah. <laughs> I give this a, almost a four. Yeah, I give it a four. I give it a four as well. I'm on it. It's really good. Um, I, I like the direction they're taking with the Guardians. I'm excited to see where they're going to be after Secret Wars. Uh, if you're a fan of Guardians, you're going to like this book. It's this last issue, Drax, Gamora, they just got manhandled. Rocket 2. Yeah. And what happened, I don't even know for sure. I can't wait for the next issue. Uh, next, we have uh, Ultimate End. Oh, I like that book too. I like that one as well. That's actually telling the story of Earth-616 and Earth-1610 right before they collide. And it's the ultimate universe trying to save themselves, fighting against the regular universe. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's really good. Yeah. I give, it a, I give it a four. How can we talk about Last Days of Magneto or Last Days of Miss Marvel? Well, that's the other thing. Every single title that Marvel has right now has a Last Days tie-in. Uh-huh. You know, the last couple issues of every series, because all the series that we know that we've been reading so far are ending. Yeah. And they, you know, they talk about how they're dealing with the end of the world. They talk about how they, they're dealing with the incursion that's about to happen. And uh, what they're doing, you know, and some of them just sort of end, you know, like Punisher was, was amazing. You know, we both picked it as our number one, I think, last week or two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's just him doing what the Punisher does. And he doesn't really care that the world's ending. He's just going to keep being the Punisher. And it's the logical conclusion to the story. Other ones like Magneto, uh, he's intentionally involved in this and he's doing his absolute damnedest to stop the ultimate world from crashing into ours. He wants to destroy it before it gets here and save everybody. One book left. So... You know, some of the tie-ins really have an impact, and some of them don't. But either way, all the titles are ending that we knew, and it's going to yeah. be the all-new, all-different Marvel going forward. So I'm really excited to see what some of these titles bring moving on from Secret Wars. Can't wait to see it till the, the big bad clash with Doom comes down. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it's really hard, even at this point, to predict what the world's going to look like, because you don't even know how it ends. 
I imagine the Infinity Gauntlet has something to do with it, like I said before, but it could not. Yeah. You'll pull a Joshua <laughs> Williamson on you to bring you out of nowhere. <laughs> this is important. Oh, it's not. <laughs> but uh, that, that's pretty much all the titles. You know, everything we read, we pretty much like. There's only a few of them that are just kind of so-so. And that's not even in the indie. We pick up all those things, and, we, and plus our indie books. <laughs> yeah. But uh, hopefully that gives you guys kind of a, a little gauge on what's the best titles and what are the good tie-ins and which ones to stay away from. So if you enjoyed this little Secret Wars review, uh, maybe you'll like next week's episode. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, man. You going to talk about that right now? I'm going I'm to go ahead and segue into that real quick. So uh, I was approached last week while I was in the hospital with Heather by a fellow podcaster, somebody that I'm, I'm good friends with. I've gone on a show a couple times, and Miguel's gone on a show a couple times, and he wanted to organize his own Secret Wars for podcasting. So it's the Podcast Secret Wars. And there's a few different podcasts that are involved, and uh, next week we're all planning on hosting each other's shows. So uh, you're going to have two guest hosts on Comical next week. It won't be us. It won't be us, and uh, neither one of them are from the same show. They're both like the, the main people on their own shows. And they're both very knowledgeable about comics, which is why I feel comfortable letting them do this. Okay. Uh, but I think it's going to be really entertaining. They're both funny guys, too. So I'm excited to see what they do with Comical. Uh, for Miguel and I, if you want to find us next week, we're not going to be here. Uh, you can find us on Pillow Talk <laughs> on the BS Excluded Network. Uh, Ooh, man. We're going to be talking sex. So, <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Two dudes talking sex. It's going to be interesting. I imagine that'll be fairly funny as well. So DTF? Uh, always. <laughs> so go check us out, guys, and uh, you know, give our guest hosts some love. Let them know how you enjoyed the show. Let us know how you enjoyed them being on the show. And uh, maybe we'll do some kind of roundtable thing after all this is over. Nice. You never really told them who's going to do our show. Don't you want to oh, tell them? I'm not going to tell them. No, I'll let them introduce themselves next week. I want them to tune in. I want to give them that little tidbit so it's intriguing. And, of course, you know, there's another podcast involved, too. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of podcasts involved. Anybody we've had on the show that's from another podcast – uh, is, is is probably involved in some way. So, you know, keep an eye out on some of the other ones, like like Bri-Fi. That's a good one to look at. Or, uh-huh. or Adrian has issues. Uh-huh. Or uh, BS Excluded. Uh-huh. Yeah. That should be interesting. It's <laughs> crazy now. It's going to be good. It's going to be fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, make sure to tune in next week and show those guys some love. And uh, that brings us to the next part, everybody's favorite segment. Miguel, it's time for you to tell me a funny story. I'm going to talk about sex. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what funny stories both of them tell, because I'm expecting both of them to tell one next week. Okay. Just, just so you guys are aware, I'm saying that on this show so that you know next week I want a story from both of you. There you go. <laughs> All right. This is my funny story, and I don't know how funny it's going to be, but uh, actually it's a family funny story. So everybody's in the car. We're going to pick up my kid from uh, football practice. Well, you know, they've already started. And as we're riding up there with the AC on, and we get there early, he comes out and gets in the car, and you know he gets in, and we're talking for a while, the windows are still up, and we take off driving down the road. All of a sudden, I hear him go, ah! Then I hear the other boy go, ah! Then I hear my wife go, ah! And I'm like, what is going on with you people? And I'm sitting here laughing at him while I'm driving, like, what is happening here? What do you mean, you people? Uh-oh. <laughs> to be true, only one of us is brown in the car. Everybody else is white. <laughs> so you white, you whiteies. <laughs> I love my wife, okay? I know. <laughs> anyway, so they're screaming like, like, ah! Like, what is happening? And I'm like looking and driving and I'm trying to wreck. Like, what is going on? And I see her like flapping in her arms. She's like, pull over, pull over, pull over, pull over. Spider? Like, did everybody well, hop out and get naked at once? Well, no. If it was what? No. <laughs> if it was a spider, we'd erect. Because you know how I, I am. I thought that might be a family thing. Nice. <laughs> so I'm like, where? Just pull over, pull over. So I pulled over real quick, and I I don't even get into break yet, and they all bust out the doors. Like, what is going on? And Cameron is like, something stung me in the back of the neck. Something stung me in the back of the neck. Like, what are you talking about? A bee, a bee was in the car. <laughs> like, oh my God. And, and, and so I'm, now all of a sudden I understand why they were flapping their arms like they were wild chickens. And, and, <laughs> and I understand why the wife was screaming because apparently Cameron grabbed the back of his neck, whatever it was, saw it and threw it at his mom. <laughs> Tried to throw it. He, you know, natural instinct. He just threw it. He didn't throw it at her on purpose, but he just went, that's the way he threw it. Beaned, and, beaned his mom in the back of the beaned head. Beaned his mom a with a bee. And then, okay, first of all, it wasn't a bee, it was a wasp. Oh. So beating her in the back of the head with a wasp. And then the wasp, I guess, flew back toward it was such force that it flew back toward Braden. So they're all screaming <laughs> like my daughter would say, pans of little girls. <laughs> and I'm getting out of the car I'm like, what is going on? I'm just laughing at him. Like <laughs> of course, I didn't well, hang tell, on. Tell me the wasp stung you. No, the wasp did not sting oh. me. 
<laughs> that would have been the, the, the real funny part that it came back and got my ass. While you're laughing at him. Exactly. <laughs> so we're in here looking. I'm moving the seats forward and cleaning stuff out. I'm moving my seats. I'm looking in the front. Look at where my wife's sitting. Look where I'm sitting. Look in the consoles. Look in here. Look in there. Look in everywhere. Walked around the car. Looked at the back. I moved everything. Nothing. Because when she started screaming, I felt there was something in the car, so I lowered the front window. Something. Okay, maybe it flew out. So I think everybody's good. We're good to go. So we all get back in the car. They get back in the car slowly, still checking. Snow on us, so we take off. So we get up. We go to the town where we're going to go get pizza. And all of a sudden, the wife turns back to say something to Cameron. She goes, oh, my God, it's in the car. It's in the window behind you. He's like, he turned around like, ah, then I pull over. So I pull over into this lawyer's parking lot, and they jump out again. Cameron grabs a notepad I had, and he smashes this thing up against the window like, I swear to God, if he'd hit it hard, he'd have broke my window. <laughs> I, he swung with force, and he got it, and he, he looked at it, and then he, it was still moving. He threw it on the ground, and he ripped it apart with his shoes. He cut it in half. I was like, you could have let that beat go. <laughs> no. He well, said it was a wasp. It was a wasp, yeah. yeah. It's one of those new wasps here in Texas. As you know, there's a new form now. Because you know you got your yellow jackets. They've evolved. No, 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 no. They're like Voltron. They like <laughs> <laughs> form blazing stinger. <laughs> no, you know you have the red wasps. Yeah. You have the yellow jackets. You have the black ones. And you have the black hornets. So now there's apparently there's this blue hornet or so, blue so wasp. It's like Voltron. Yeah. Well, there's <laughs> a blue wasp. Colors. Nice. It's blue and black. Uh, but its primary focus it doesn't mess with people. It primarily goes after the cicadas. That's what it goes to kill. That's its natural what it hunts. And so. It wouldn't have stung him. It was just crawling around. I don't know how I got in the car. It must have came off of him when he came out of the gym. But you got to tell him not to chitter so much. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, it was just so great to see everybody jumping up and down because everybody makes fun of me when a, a little when a, when a massive spider <laughs> massive <laughs> crawls out of anywhere. And a little, little bitty teeny tiny spider crawls out of a vent, and you pull over and take off all your clothes and start running around. Dude, that spider was the size of my hand. It was huge. I'm sure they thought this bee was like that the, spider could took the Chicago. Honey I shrunk my my kids. <laughs> <laughs> see, if I was Ant Man, I wouldn't have been afraid. But see, <laughs> I didn't have the suit. Speaking of ants, how's how's your house doing? Oh my god, I'm losing the battle. <laughs> Actually, I want a big battle. I sprayed the hell out of it. It looked like people just spilled coffee grounds everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, for those guys who don't, who don't know, Miguel has a real bad ant infestation in his house right now. I told him he needed to get Michael Douglas to come over and fix it. That's right. He can walk him out of the house. <laughs> come no. on, ants. We're going home. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, you know, I live in the country, so everybody knows. Uh, it's really rough. I mean, uh, we, we're doing pretty good. We're, we're winning the battle now. That's good. I'm turning the tide. That's but good. now the wasps are coming. And my cat is lazy. She won't kill. <laughs> I feed her too well. Just. Just have Braden start chittering and running up and down the road. <laughs> leave you alone. Nice. But yeah, so that was my funny story. No, it did not sting me, but I guarantee if it had stung me, it would probably been just, just cause. Oh, that would have been a lot funnier if it had stung nice, me. But no, but it was, you had to, I wish I had Periscope on so everybody could have seen this. It was so funny because stuff like that never happens to them. It always happens to me. Mm-hmm. There's always a bug flying around me. There's always a spider crawling on me. There's always a scorpion somewhere near me. It just happens. And so the first time ever, it happened. And now I said this to them, I'm going to get in my car and go home today, and a freaking spider's going to be on me. That's karma. That's karma. <laughs> Is that the spider's name, karma? No. <laughs> Keep it as a pet? Not, no, no spiders. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was my funny story, just watching my kids and wives scream like girls. Right, and not, no offense to girls, but that's my saying my daughter always says. Because my daughter always says, Dad, you're going to run away? And i like, what? She goes like a panty little girl. <laughs> so that's my daughter saying, so. Props to her. <laughs> of course, my daughter's scared of grasshoppers and any other kind of bug. Yeah, I've never understood that. People that are afraid of like completely harmless bugs. She will scream blood-curling screams like if a butterfly flies at her. You think Michael Myers is after her? Like, I don't even get people that are afraid of bees. Like, they can sting you once and they die. I mean, they don't want to sting you. It's like a death sentence. <laughs> you know, they're just buzzing around. You, you smack them or you wave your arms. They'll fly away. They're not trying to sting you. The only way they sting you is if you, like, sit on them or, like, you know, actually put them in danger that's the only way you're getting stung i mean wasps are a different thing they're aggressive spiders are little bastards and they all need to die <laughs> uh, see thank you but people that are afraid of butterflies or, or crickets or grasshoppers or roaches those those things i mean yeah they're they're dirty insects you don't want them in your house sure but they don't do anything to you butterflies and frogs are two of my daughter's most scary things they can handle it teach their own i guess mm-hmm. <laughs> all right well let's move on to uh finish this thing out we got some comics movie and tv news this week what do you want to talk about first let's go with comics 
Okay. So uh, Adam McKay, the director of Ant-Man, is developing a Broadway musical based on Archie comics. Oh, okay. Who's playing Archie? Uh, we don't have any info yet. He's just working on developing it right now. That's kind of funny. But I thought you'd get a kick out of that. I know what a big Archie fan you are. I'm, I'm going to go try out. Yeah, who are you going to play? Jughead. <laughs> Veronica? No. <laughs> I can see myself as a Reggie. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, we got to find out some interesting facts about the new Iron Man armor post-Secret Wars today. Okay. Uh, apparently, it's really, really sophisticated armor. It's way more powerful than it ever ever been before. Um, basically, it has all the armor modes built into one set of armor. It's malleable, so it can change shape and color at will. And it's uh, tied to his brain, but not his body. So he doesn't have to keep it inside of him like he's been doing. Wow. Sounds pretty strong, right? Yeah. So I'm kind of excited to see the new Iron Man. Uh, we also got a new look at the all-new, all-different Blade. Wesley Snipes? It's not Wesley Snipes. Aww. It's actually uh, Blade's daughter Oh, is going to be the lead in the story. Huh. And it's going to be kind of like a, a Buffy sort of thing. Okay. Which might be kind of cool. Do we know who's playing her? No, this is the comic. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking movies. Uh, so it's going to be like a, a Buffy kind of thing, but it's not actually happening uh, in October like it was scheduled. They pushed it back until all of Secret Wars is done. Okay. So I guess they don't want to reveal too much about the character until Secret Wars is finished. <laughs> she wore the spider mask. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, she's not the spider guy. Yeah. <laughs> that was such a great thing. Whatever Blade was back in Mighty Avengers. That was hilarious. Uh, so that's it for comics. Uh, what do you want, movies or TV? I'm on movies. Okay. The Deadpool trailer got released. Yes. It's fucking amazing. Uh-huh. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was already pumped about the movie. I'm even more pumped now. Mm-hmm. I did notice there's a couple changes, though. Uh, they, they did change a few, few small things from the Comic-Con trailer, which I think was fine. And uh, they released a press announcement with it, stating that Garrison Kane's not actually going to be in the movie. Uh, they removed him because it was going to be too cost-prohibitive, because his arms would require a lot of CGI. Yeah. So they changed the script a bit, I guess, from what I read. Okay. Which, I'm sure they just kind of filled that slot with somebody else, but... Still looks like it'll be great. It still looks really good. I can't wait to see it. Uh, speaking of that, <laughs> hmm. Fantastic Four's coming out this Friday. Yes. Uh, it has been getting absolutely trashed by reviewers, left really? and right. Nobody has said anything positive about this movie. Uh, everybody's complaining about what what a dark take it is, and that they took all the lightness and humor out of what the Fantastic Four is supposed to be. It's not funny like a typical Marvel movie. The the characters have all kinds of bad things built into them. Like even the the stuff that's supposed to be an homage to the comics, like it's clobber in time. They twisted that in a certain way that is really not true to the character at all. Um, I don't. I don't really want to spoil it for people in case you're going to see the movie. But uh, everything I've read has been really negative. I was getting kind of excited based on the trailers, but I'm I'm kind of changing my opinion now based on the reviews. Man, don't listen to those people. <laughs> I mean, I'll see it for myself. But what I've read, the specifics that I've read, are really kind of disappointing. But weren't we pissed that it was too jokey, too campy, too funny before? I thought we wanted a darker Fantastic Four. I think you want something in the middle. I think they've gone too far one way the first time, and then too far the other way the second time. So. I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to see it. I'll try to see it this weekend if I can, but I'm not I'm not dying to see it. Yeah, I probably won't make to see it maybe until my daughter comes down next week. Uh, I do think it's funny, though. The trailers for the Fantastic Four that they've been showing all week leading up to the weekend, uh, Deadpool crashes all of them at the end. Have you noticed that? No. Yeah, Deadpool comes in and he's like, forget this movie. If you want to learn more about me, come see the movie in the theaters because I'm going to be my trailer's going to be there. Nice. <laughs> uh, it's pretty funny. That's uh, funny. Uh, I'm really looking forward to Deadpool, like I said. But Fantastic Four, I'm... I'm kind of not surprised. Gotcha. Other movie news. Chris Pine got cast as Steve Trevor in 2017's Wonder Woman movie. Okay. So now we know who he's going to be playing in the DC Universe. I'm okay with that, but I feel like he could have been better utilized. He's a pretty good actor. Yeah. He'll make him be the guy who falls in love with Wonder Woman and gets punked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that pretty much sums it up. Man. <laughs> and uh, you know, on the other side of that, we got Channing Tatum, who it was rumored that he was not going to be continuing with his contract to play Gambit. Turns out that was false. It's about the money, man. He, uh, whatever was holding them up, they got passed because he signed the contract. So it's official. Channing Tatum is our new Gambit. He's going to do some dance moves. Maybe. Magic uh, Mike with a stick. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's got that kinetic energy. Whoa. <laughs> He's a pole dancer. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you know, I think it's going to be decent. I think it might be better than we think it's going to be. They could always surprise us, but then again, it's Fox, so maybe not. Nah, true. You know, I think Deadpool is going to be their one breakout amazing movie. 
Everything else, though, has just been kind of okay. I mean, none of their X-Men movies have been, like, amazing. Days of Future Past was good, but it wasn't anything compared to Avengers, right? Yeah, right. So, I mean, I mean, Marvel Studios is killing it. Fox is just doing the best they can. So Spider-Man joined in with uh, Marvel now. I mean, Fox let him go over there. Is Deadpool going to make that move? Oh, God, that would be amazing. Can you think about that? I mean, seriously. I mean, I, I can't really see them using him in any other respect, though, except for, like, New Mutants, which Fox has already announced they're doing. You know, all, all the series where I can see Deadpool being a part of it are already Fox properties. The only thing that they could do is, like, as a cameo scene at the end of something else to, like, make fun of it. You know, I can see them doing that, like, at the end of Ant-Man 2 or something. Deadpool shows up and, like, makes a joke about bugs. Or he's, like, spraying Raid all over a room or something. That's funny. <laughs> you know, I can see them using him in that way, but I can't really see them fitting him into a movie because he doesn't really fit in with any of their teams. Yeah. And every time he tries, it always backfires. So, I don't know. Him and Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are definitely characters in the Marvel Universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe, that I would like to see him team up with. But you know, I think we're a long way away from that actually happening. Yeah, I'd love to see a Spider-Man Daredevil uh, Punisher team up. I I wouldn't be surprised if we see something kind of like that in the, one of the Netflix series next year. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye out. And that's pretty much it for movies. Give me some TV. <laughs> well, since that's all that's left, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fox is apparently developing an X-Men TV series. Huh. They've already recruited the Star Trek Beyond writers, J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, to work on a pilot. Do we know who's going to be in it? No, I we mean, don't, we like, don't need what info beyond the script is being written. But that could be kind of cool, an X-Men TV series. I mean, you know, we've already got Gotham, we've already got Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and then Flash and Arrow and uh, Legends of Tomorrow and Supergirl. DC is kind of taking over TV. It's good to see that Marvel's trying to do a little bit more. Yeah. It's going to break out. <laughs> but then again, it is Fox. Oh. So. <laughs> you know, it's kind of up in the air what it's going to be. Uh, Flash has a big announcement this week. They have cast their Wally West. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, it's going to be Kenyon Lionsdale, the kid from Divergent. I don't know who really who he is. I don't really know who he is either, but uh, Wally West, that's going to be cool. Yeah. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow has cast Casper Crump as Vandal Savage. Mm-hmm. So we know the the main antagonist is there now. Uh, I know you're a big fan of wrestling. Of course I am. So I know you're excited about this coming uh, WWE Raw next Monday, August 10th, where Stephen Amell is going to show up to fight Stardust. That's right. Uh, they've been having a feud on Facebook and Twitter for months now, and uh, Stardust kept calling him out to come fight in the ring. So I guess Stephen Amell, you know, obviously he's in amazing shape and he can probably hang with those wrestlers, uh, is going to show up and take him on. Well, Amel is a big wrestling guy. He likes wrestling. And he showed up in Raw. I don't, they were in Canada, I think, or something. He showed up in Raw, and Stardust just went over there. I think it was all, you know, it's very pre-scripted, so they were yeah. going to do it. But it's pretty cool because a lot of movie stars, believe it or not, have been making more appearances on Raw. A lot of sports people are making Because whenever they go places, you'll usually, they'll pan around the front row. Like when they were in Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys guys were there. And when Cleveland was there, Johnny Manziel was there. And that's when uh, Seth Rollins made fun of him. And said he'll never bring a championship to Cleveland. <laughs> I forget he called him Johnny Worthless or something. It's pretty freaking hilarious. So, oh yeah, I'm psyched. I don't know much about wrestling, but uh, I think it's kind of cool that Green Arrow is going to show up to fight one of the wrestlers. You going to watch it? Probably not. I- I'll watch the YouTube clip after it's over. I'm probably not going to watch it live though. Uh, yo, me, I know my boy is going to love it. Cool. <laughs> now we need to get the flash in there. <laughs> I'm not sure Grand Gustin's up to par for, <laughs> for wrestling <laughs> matches, but you know, Stephen Amell's pretty ripped. I bet he can handle it. Uh, so next piece of TV news, uh, DC has cast Hawkman, and he's going to be playing a role in Flash and Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow. Is it going to be like hardcore Hawkman, or are we going to have like wussy Hawkman? I think it's going to be hardcore ha- Hawkman. Uh, the guy they got to play him has already played a villain on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's uh, the guy who played Whiplash. His name is Falk Henschel. So, Say that again. Falk Henschel. I didn't do anything to you. <laughs> Who's Henschel, and why do you want to fuck him? <laughs> Dude, is he going to have the glove? I, the, the mace? I, ima- I imagine he's going to have everything the Hawkman has. Oh, that's going to be freaking awesome. Hawkman's a pretty badass character. I mean, he's aggressive as hell, so uh, I'm interested to see what they do with him. Yeah, I am too. I'm pretty psyched. <laughs> there won't be any relationship drama there. He's just going to be... <laughs> he's going to be a dick. <laughs> yeah. And then the very last piece of TV news is that Chris Browning has been cast as Reaction in the Supergirl TV series. Don't know who that guy is either. Uh, he's from Sons of Anarchy. That's his big claim to fame. Okay. So, Pretty cool. Damn, Supergirl didn't even come out yet. Um, I know. <laughs> They're still casting people for it, though. Yeah, I know. And uh, that's pretty much it for news. So 
I want to remind everybody, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Comical Podcast. On Twitter, I'm at Comical Podcast. I'm at Comical Podcast 2. On Instagram, we are at Comical Podcast. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud. Leave us a five-star review if you enjoy it. You can also find us on a bunch of our networks like NerdBong.com, WickedRadioNetwork.com, BeyondTheDawnRadio.com, and LightningRadio.com, where we air every Saturday at 8 p.m. Central Time. And uh, don't forget, we will not be on the show next week. It'll be two of our friends. Enjoy Podcast Secret Wars Battle World, and uh, we'll see you guys in two weeks. Yeah, we'll be over there talking about some sex on Pillow Talk. <laughs> Come find us there. And uh, keep on laughing, bitches.